Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit period responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Stop beating up your expensive sunglasses on the job. Hey, I'm Mike, founder of Frontline Optics, a sunglasses brand based out of San Diego designed for first responders. While working for the fire department, I was constantly breaking and scratching my expensive designer sunglasses at work. I knew there had to be a better way, and the idea for Frontline Optics was born. So what makes us different? We know these shades are going to get beat up, which is why we offer a no-questions-asked replacement program to cover lost or damaged sunglasses. When the time comes to get yours replaced, all you'll need to do is cover a $12 service fee, and we'll ship a brand new pair to your door, no questions asked. Additionally, a portion of all sales is donated to the First Responders Children's Foundation, supporting the loved ones left behind by our brothers and sisters who gave the ultimate sacrifice and service to their communities. All our glasses are polarized, and we offer free shipping and returns so you can try them risk-free. Not enough? We have Z87 styles available, and they're all at a price of $58 or less. Check us out, frontlineoptics.com or on Instagram at, at @frontlineoptics. Use discount code PMPM15 for 15% off. Now enjoy your podcast brought to you by Frontline Optics, sunglasses designed with the frontline in mind. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this Poorly Made podcast reflect the opinions of the guests and hosts. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a crown vic. Now joining the podcast from the land of misery, I have Clint Fitzer. Did I say that right? Did I fuck it up the joke already? Uh, you said it right. No, long time listener, first time caller. Thank you. God, I love that man. I I miss the. Uh, oh, we should clarify the the land of misery is Oregon. We'll talk about that in a second. I I miss the old radio shows, man. I maybe I need to get like an element of the old radio shows in here and have like blooper gags and stupid games and stuff. But I I miss the you know the the long time listener, first time caller. That always melt, made me feel so good, you know, because I always. I was a longtime listener of a lot of shows, but I never called. So I, I was always happy that they were brave enough to call. Yeah, same here. I uh, I miss those old radio shows like Bob and Tom. Man, that that shit. Used Dude, to Bob and Tom's still up. around. Did you know that? Uh, it's not not here, not where I'm at. But ah, uh, you can stream yeah. it. I I don't know the the radio station I listened to it. I never heard about it until I lived in the Midwest. In uh, I lived in Nebraska for a couple of years. And I was like, all right, this shit's pretty fun. Like, it's the quintessential, it's like the quintessential is the word I meant to say, quintessential 
morning talk show. It has everything, right? The voices, the gags, the songs, um, the chick that sounds hot reading the news. It's got everything. And then I moved back to Colorado. I didn't have it. And I, I'm out here in Iowa. And the station I listen to sometimes in the morning had it, but I don't. I think they dropped it. So that that is bad news. But it is. I would recommend if you like stupid slapstick morning shows, Bob and Tom's the way to go. Yeah, back in the old days, like, oh, man, 15, 20 years ago, before they had to tame it down, that used to crack me up listening to it. Were you a Loveline guy, too? Do you ever listen to Loveline back in the day at night? I did, yeah. When I, uh, prior to getting into law enforcement, when I was working graveyard shift, I used to listen to it because I used to just drive around in circles, going from place to place, checking on people. That was pretty good, too. Yeah, that's classic. I I still to this day, and I probably plug him too much as a Corolla. I listen to his podcast. I fucking I don't agree with everything he says, but I fucking I enjoy his uh show for sure. He's fucking he's funny shit. He's got some very excellent points of view on our current world. But don't listen to his podcast. Listen to mine because I need the monies and I need the attentions. I was gonna Enough say, about- man, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Everybody else cl- uh too much clout, man. Yeah, stick to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, fuck Bob and Tom. Fuck Corolla. It's it's me time. It's all about. By the way, I'm, I'm. You may be the first podcast where I I know everybody's really tired of the name changes on the podcast. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was something unique, and everybody's like, "It's stupid. We can't keep up with it." I I understand it. I first might time. switch to John though. I John. might be John on this podcast in for a while because of the crazy person who i'm still trying to get on the podcast who I, are you familiar with the drama should we go over the drama yeah let's go over the drama i need to recap because i i okay. kind of followed it but at the same time i i'll be honest i didn't okay so drama time and i swear this podcast is about you really and here i am talking about myself we'll, we'll get to it but we got to have backstory we get i i'm really shitty at that is like i i have people come on the podcast i don't do a good backstory this is about me so I it's like without fail. And I mentioned it on the last podcast, but there was there's there's some controversy that boiled over. So without fail. I'll I'll post a meme that's anti a certain group and not, I'm not anti, but like make fun of a certain group. Like you make fun of dudes all day. And nobody cares. Right. And very few guys will be like, hey, that's mean to guys. Um, but if you make fun of a chick, there's going to be comments that are like you're that's misogyny. And it's like, no, it's fucking equal opportunity. I'm going to make fun of dudes. I'm going to make fun of chicks. Okay. So I had a meme that made fun of chicks and that had, you know, some people got, were crying a little bit. And then I made a meme making fun of people that got upset at memes. And then I actually made a meme that was kind of making fun of dudes, which was the uh, Oscar Mayer Wiener mobiles all lined up. And the caption was something about like when there's a new chick on the department and it's all the fucking dudes lining up. Yeah. I saw that one. I yeah, I was making fun of the dudes. Like, I wasn't making fun of chicks. I'm making fun of the dudes that think, like, every time a chick gets hired, they have to try and fuck them. We all know those dudes. Stop. You're married. Okay? This is You're married. Go, go hang out with your wife and kids. But this chick commented on it, and she took offense to it, and I had to explain to her. And I was a dick to her. And I had to explain to her, no, I'm making fun of dudes. Like, fucking calm down. Stop finding a reason to get upset. And then she gets in my, you know, she sends me this fucking message and about how she's going to unfollow the page and shit and how I'm a piece of shit and that I need to be mindful of people's feelings and the culture of law enforcement. It's, I'm a fucking meme page lady. So I said, hey, 
why don't you come on the podcast? You come on. Let's talk about this like adults. That would be awesome because you can't you can't accomplish too much in the DMs and in the comment sections. But I think if we could have just talked like adults, I could have heard her side, which maybe wouldn't be as insane sounding. She could have heard my side. We could have talked about it, and I think it would have been a great podcast. So we're all lined up, ready to go. Then she sends me a message about being a rocket surgeon and how she's not coming on my podcast. And that she basically, I feel like she was kind of threatening to dox me or blackmail me. Like she figured out who I was and she called me John or the way I interpreted it. She called me John clue. My real name. It's not Lenny. It's not Lloyd. It's not a million other things I've used. It's not Larry. It's definitely not John. In honor of her, I think I should become John. Let's what do, do you it. think? Yeah, 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 100%. Let's do it. John has risen. I will probably forget about it the next time I record a podcast, but but John is here now. I have assumed another identity that is exactly the same as me. So anyway, enough about me, man. I've been blabbing way too fucking long. Clint, that's your real name. It is. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into law enforcement? Oh, man. Um, I don't really know how I ended up in it other than doing some applications. Now, uh, I think it all started back when I was a kid. I'm one of those nerds that grew up watching, you know, police TV shows. And I was like, hey, that looks like a cool job. I want to drive fast, shoot guns. And then uh, when it, when I came of age, I just said, fuck it and started applying. And back then it was, you know, the days of, uh, you know, 300 applicants for one position. So it took a little bit of work to, to get in there, but finally made it happen. So here I am, you know, 10, almost 11 years later. I I just had a, a, a moment where I, maybe I realized something. You tell me, you tell me if I'm off base and this is not like a, an attack on you or anything, but you know, like, yeah, my dad was a cop, but like, I didn't fall in love with being a cop because my dad was a cop. It was because of the cool shit you get to do. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, chasing bad guys and fucking kicking in doors and all that other cool stuff. Yeah, that's 100% why I got into it. So, you know, and I obviously grew up, you know, cops was on every American TV. And I grew up watching that, too. And I think when you get old, older to do the job and you go in and the reality hits of what you actually don't get to do that shit all the time. You have to do it sometimes, not all the time. And I wonder sometimes, like, the guys that um, get a little heavy-handed sometimes, you know, like, you know, like when you're a kid, you watch, like, Batman or Captain America, and you're like, well, I'm fucking Batman. I'm going to be fucking Batman. But what if, so what, what if some of these fuckers never lost that, and, like, they get on the job, and they think they're Batman? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I think, uh, and you probably saw it. I know I've seen it where people... uh they get into the job thinking you get to do all that cool stuff all the time. And uh, they burn out pretty quick once they realize that that's not actually what it's like. I've seen a lot of yeah. people where I was like, this guy eat, breathe, sleeps, law enforcement. And then they turn around and burn out, you know, three to five years and they're, they're gone. Yeah. Or, or people try to make it into something it's not. Right. You know, they keep trying to make every call into um, an action movie. Right. Yeah. It's not. And then that, yeah, no, I, I agree. Interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ponder this a little bit more, but there, 
I think there's something to that. Not now, obviously, I'm not like trashing everybody because we all like a lot of us grew up that same way I did. It sounds like you did too. But I, I just wonder if some people, you know, they get there and they're like, hey, I'm fucking, I'm John Wick, man. I'm fucking John Wick and I'm at this fucking civil dispute. I need to turn this into a fucking action movie. I need to fuck some shit up. Yeah. Well, we both, uh, I'm sure we both met those kind of people too. Yeah. 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 Um, hey, for all the people that think I'm a misogynist, I make fun of those dudes a lot in my memes. So calm down. Hey, so Oregon. I think that's that's kind of the focal point. And by the way, um, are you an Oregon fan, like a Ducks fan? I am. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, what, are you a, are you a Colorado fan? I mean, here's the, I I may be a uh, a bandwagon fan, yeah. and uh, this isn't a football podcast, but it was kind of exciting the first couple of weeks to see football because like I grew up in like the '90s when C was good, mm-hmm. and. You know, my mom was a Nebraska fan, so obviously I had to be like, you know, a CU fan. And you know, they, then they were just so bad for so long. And it was kind of cool to see what uh, Deion Sanders. Can you call him Deion Sanders anymore or do you have to call him Coach Prime? Because I will tell you that is fucking weird. It's it's super weird. And I don't understand. I must have missed it. Like where the Coach Prime came from. I don't know. I mean, it, it just like is it all a it marketing there. thing or what? Like. And, 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 and people will judge me for this because like people are like, I, I told people they're like, I, I told them, I was like, Hey, I, I was a fan of Deion Sanders when I was a kid, you know, two-way player, you know? And they're like, no, you weren't. And I was like, yes, I fucking was. Yes, I was. I had a Deion Sanders Jersey. I had a fucking Emmett Smith Jersey and I hate the Cowboys, you know, I hate mm-hmm. him now, but, um, I don't know. The, those were like the glory days of like, I don't know. To me, football, you had the fucking 49ers were good. The Cowboys were good. The Broncos were good. It was it was a good time to be alive for a football fan. We're getting way off track, but um, you guys, I felt like Oregon was going to beat CU. It was, it was a bloodbath. It was pretty bad, but it wasn't as bad as the Broncos lost to the Dolphins. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is definitely true. I'll, I'll give, uh, Deion Sanders or Coach Prime some credit because I saw his post-game interview and I appreciate him talking about the ass whooping they got and just calling it as it is. And like that, that to me, like him not trying to backpedal and say, like, well, now there's the allegations that people are, you know, feeding him information, you know, fed Uvo some information on uh how to beat Colorado and all that other stuff. So I appreciate him acknowledging that his team got. I didn't even hear about that conspiracy. Oh, it's it's probably just because it's like a uh, it's an Oregon thing. It's all over all the different mm-hmm. news outlets here currently. Mm-hmm. Why do you guys have like eighty seven uniforms a year? That gets really weird. I don't understand that either. But anyway, off topic. We are we're gonna talk yeah, about we, policing. We it. need to we need to reel gonna back in. We're gonna reel back in. So Oregon, besides the docks, um, how? How much has policing changed in the last decade plus in Oregon? Was it a good place to be a cop 10, 12 years ago? Oh, it was a phenomenal place, I think, to be a cop 10, 12 years ago. Um, I got into it in the tail end of all the fun times where we could chase people till our fucking wheels fell off. And, you know, people liked cops. I, I'd say most for the most part, people still like cops. Um, uh, but it's uh, I didn't think it made much of a change up until 2020 and then it's just totally 
I'm not gonna say like 180, but it's, it's not the best place to be anymore. That's for sure. And this is just my opinion. I think uh, the lawmakers and the way things, every, everything's gone. I think uh, gone are the days of uh, discretion based policing where like we could use our discretion. I think uh, Oregon now, if you, if you don't have a, 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 you know, a foot to, or a place to step or stand, like you can't, you should not be in a, in a situation. Um, if you don't have a legal basis, that's what I was looking for. Sorry. Yeah. You know, we haven't talked a ton about discretion here and I don't know if you felt the same way, but I, I thought the walls had kind of closed in a little bit as far as discretion goes. And I know, I know it's a thing people can debate, right. And, and I think people could take shots from the outside. It's how do you get to decide as a, you know, as a lowly government employee, as a cop, you get to like pick and choose who gets charged. Well, you know, that's one of the first things they that's one of the first things they tell you in the academy is you can't arrest everyone, right? You can't. Like you're gonna have to kind of pick and choose your battles, and sometimes charging people isn't the right thing to do. And I think that's just something people on the outside have to kind of accept. Like it's just you win some, you lose some, I guess. But I I felt as the world was changing and policing was more scrutinized and everything was recorded and supervisors were like digging their claws into every like Monday morning quarterbacking, every little decision you made. I felt like the days where you could just discretionarily not give someone a ticket or counsel or counsel them, I guess would be the right word, you know, Hey man, you were doing this or that. I'm not going to write you a ticket, but this could happen to you. You know that whatever, however you want to go about it. You know, um, that kind of stuff went away because, you know, if, if you pick the wrong person, you're going to get a complaint. Well, you you gave that guy a break. You didn't give that guy a break, and so it, I think it kind of slowly started to become you have to fucking fuck with everybody. It felt like that to me in a sense. Did you ever get that feeling? Uh, yeah, uh, early in my career. So uh, early in my career, we did a lot of, you know, discretion-based charging of people. So like, you you know, someone might commit a handful of crimes and you just pick one, you throw it on them and uh, leave it and leave it there. But uh, I remember getting called out in court for, uh, I don't even remember how the defense got on the topic, but I'm assuming that they had one client that um, I had arrested and, you know, slapped with like one charge. And then this client, I slapped with a whole bunch of charges and I got called out specifically for that, for, you know, showing discretion for, you know, some people, but not others. And I just started like, I call it charge stacking. Like if you commit a crime, I'm just going to slap all those charges on them just to avoid that, that argument in the future. And I've pretty much been doing that for like the last eight or nine years. But, um, yeah, uh, in a way, I feel like uh, you have to treat everybody. I'm trying to think how to say it. You either got to hammer everybody, or you know, you can't have any obvious, you know, changes between who, who or what, who, what, where, when, and why you do things. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it it makes sense, and that that was something, you know, in FTO, uh, they would tell you like you have to do things the exact same way every time. 
because because basically what you're describing and i i i still kind of fight with that because i'm like well that that takes your ability away to i i think really fairly police you know as far as like the 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 charges being stacked i i probably would have done the same thing because i've never had that one come up against me in court and i think this is a perfect example of a defense attorney doing something they think is going to help their client but it mm-hmm. actually ends up fucking more people down the line because you're like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to fucking throw everything on everybody now. And I don't know. It, it just, again, it's one of those things. Like, as a cop, you can't win, right? Yeah. You can't win. Like, you try to fucking do somebody a solid, you you only hit them with one thing. Somebody else, maybe they, they need to be hit with more things because they're a fucking piece of shit. And... You know, they're they're really being shitty to people or whatever the case is. So you hit them with a bunch of things and then you get this thing fucking thrown in your face in court. And so you just fucking stack charges. But then the citizens would be like, why do they got to fucking, you know, railroad us on this shit? Why can't they be cool about shit? Because because the defense attorneys and because of the fucking all the fucking weird shit that we do to decide to make things. I don't know, more difficult than they have to be. You know, I, I would almost guarantee most cops, not all cops. But a lot of the cops that are like dickheads as far as charging stuff goes, they may have a story similar to yours. Like I, I've heard of a guy that he used to cut people breaks speeding tickets, right? On speeding tickets. Like if they were going 15 over, he'd knock it down to five, right? right. Uh, to help people out. And he got called on that for something else. And he goes, all right. It, it's similar to you. Like. Uh, defense attorney called that out. Well, you know, you didn't do that. My client. Well, guess what? And everybody gets a fucking full bill. Thanks, yeah. defense attorneys. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely think that defense attorneys, you know, end up screwing people over in the long run because those lessons, obviously, obviously, everyone learns lessons in court. Every time you go to trial, there's something different that comes up. But those ones that you get handed over for just you know trying to be a nice guy, and you're like, all right, fuck it, everybody's getting the full meal deal now. It's, it's you know, definitely their fault. There's always a cause and effect, and sometimes you don't realize it. And I'm sure you know, these defense attorneys don't roll in there thinking like, yeah, we're going to fuck a whole bunch of other people by trying to help out this one guy. Well, you did. Uh, be mindful of that. So did Oregon have, you know, we'll we'll kind of skip to like the, the summer of love type time. Did you guys have summer? Of you guys were the you guys were the ones that have basically drugs are decriminalized, right? Or is that like a misnomer? Is that not actually true? Oh no, that's a hundred percent true. It's called measure 110, uh, decriminalized small amounts of, of drugs. It's changed a little bit, um, to where they've kind of adjusted the numbers. But, uh, when it first came out, I want to say you could have like 40, I think you could have like 40 tabs of acid and it just be a class E violation or a hundred dollar fine. <laughs> Seriously, user amount. You, user yeah, amount. you could have like, you could have you know a chunk of meth, and if you got issued a citation, you you would get you pay a higher fine for not signaling a lane change than you would for having methamphetamine in your pocket. And in your happy. in your in your perception, your real world being part of this has the legalization of drugs caused more issues. For the state of Oregon. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. 
property crime is through the roof. Violent crime is through the roof. Um, overdoses are out of control. I mean, it's, it's a, a, a huge failure. I understand the thought process that went into doing it, but essentially you have addicts prior to 110 being passed. You had addicts who, um, you could stack up charges and eventually they get to a point where it's like, Hey, you do this drug treatment program through drug court or you go to prison. What are you going to pick? You know, a lot of them, if they weren't ready for it, they'd still see, they'd still fail and, uh, end up in prison. But, you know, I saw quite a few people, uh, in my career go through the program and they come out, you know, it, it, positive on, on the other side. Um, but once, uh, everything became legalized, that, that all just went away. Now we have, allegedly we have treatment options, uh, but there's no teeth. Like if you don't want to do it, cool, no big deal. Nothing happens. Um, the way the violations were tracked too, uh, most of those guys don't go to court. So if you issue them a hundred dollar citation, what? Yeah, I know. I weird. Junkies don't go to court. Are you serious? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, so there's no way to track those, those people that don't go to court. And, uh, I don't even know if those fines get turned over to collections or, or what happens, they kind of just disappear. Um, but if they call a hotline number, then the citation automatically goes away. And all the hotline is, is a series of questions of like, Hey, are you, do you use drugs? Oh, you should seek treatment. Okay, cool. And then like, that's the end. All that goes away. Oh. Um, oh my and uh, it was, I don't know what the numbers are today, but uh, I think last year it was, it was a significant amount the a significant amount of the people who called the hotline were police officers calling to get information on what the actual hotline was. It was very few people who actually called to avoid the citation. Weird. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's so it's, it, it's such an effective measure that was passed that I actually went to a Dewey trial a couple of years ago um, where the uh, defendant pled guilty to the Dewey. We went to trial because they were unlawfully possessing a firearm. And then they also had heroin in their pocket. Well, they lost the trial for the, they were convicted for the unlawful possession of a firearm. And then the defense attorney did a violation trial for the possession of heroin. And of course the judge finds uh, the defendant guilty of that. So that person had to pay a hundred dollar fine. And afterwards, uh, my buddy and I, we actually asked the defense attorney, like, why didn't you just have your client call the hotline number and just make the, the possession of heroin go away? And he looked completely dumbfounded that that was even an option. Really? Yeah. So not even the, not even a lot of the attorneys know, uh, put a lot of mind in, or uh, thought process into uh, the drug stuff these days. I, I want to go on a, a side quest real quick, um, and I want to keep talking about the drug stuff, but you said something that uh, anytime I hear this, it always just like kind of makes my blood boil because the lack of, I guess, understanding and, and uh, accountability pisses me off. So you said you don't even know if those bills go to collection. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if this happened where you, you used to work, but what we used to do or what my city used to do is they charge some, we charge somebody, they get found guilty. Instead of going to to jail, they're like, all right, you got this fine to pay. So you don't have to go to jail. Okay, cool. People pay it or they didn't. And if they didn't, they get a warrant issued for their arrest. And then, you know, they'd sit in jail for a couple of days and they'd, they'd be done. Well, people started calling that a debtor's prison. 
you can't put people in jail because they owe money. I agree with the concept of like, hey, they're behind on their mortgage. We shouldn't put them in jail or whatever. Like, I I get that. Like, that's we shouldn't be doing that. However, it's not like these people were just like owed money to like a collection agency or something like that. They they failed to pay their debt to society. They committed a, a, a violation of city statute, whatever it was. They didn't pay shit. They didn't do shit. And so that's why they had to sit a day in jail is because they were guilty of a crime. They're playing their debit to society. Remember, we used to do that. We used to pay our debt to society. You don't fucking do that anymore. And yeah. you got me all riled. You're so calm, but you got me all riled up this morning. And so what they did is they went away with that. So all those warrants were wiped from the system. So basically what happens, and I, I imagine this happens other places, is if you can't pay, you just don't. And it goes away. And you're fine. It doesn't matter. The rules are all made up and nothing matters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see it kind of both ways. Uh, you know, like child support. I don't see it as much anymore. But like, you know, for example, child support. I've seen people get arrested for or, you know, have warrants issued because they're not paying their child support. But, you know, if you're if you're arresting people that are trying to make ends meet being, you know, paying out their ass for something. And then all of a sudden they're getting warrants issued. Like how are you going to expect them to keep paying? I think as long as there's some type of an effort, I don't necessarily see an issue with not I'm, forcing I'm people. For a common they fall sense. Yeah. I'm for common sense with it. It's like that if discretion somebody, thing though. You know? Yeah. It's either there or it's not. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if I'm for a common sense. Here's my favorite thing is I used to see people's driver's license being revoked for not paying child, or child support. How the fuck is he going to go to work to pay the child support if he doesn't have a fucking driver's license? Yeah, no, I agree. Or, uh, you know, people getting suspended and then having to keep paying the suspension when they're trying to go to and from work. But on a side note, oh, man, I'm, I can just feel myself getting irritated. Um, on a side note, it is so easy to get a trip permit from like at least in Oregon from like the DMV to go to and from work or even to have the ability to drive 12 hours of the day to go look for work. So sometimes I get irritated or uh, I see people falling behind with their license being suspended and never being able to dig themselves out of that hole. Like how can you expect them to dig themselves out of the hole? If you strip away something that's pretty necessary, uh, but at the same time, if they just did a little bit of work, they could get a permit. So I don't know. It kind of goes both ways. You know, uh, Colorado did a thing in maybe I misinterpreted it wrong, but the way I understood it, if uh if you had like a traffic citation that you maybe you paid late or something, they would take they joint your license, right? Mm -hmm. And but all you would have to do is pay it, but then but then you had to pay a reinstatement fee, and they don't really tell people about that. Mm -hmm. And so people be out thinking like, oh, I paid this stuff, we're good to go. And it's like, no, you still didn't get paid to reinstate your license. It's like, fuck you. Like, stop fucking with people. Stop fucking milking people. Like, you tax the shit out of gas. You tax the shit out of everything else. Let them fucking pay their ticket and be done with it. Like, it takes Karen and fucking accounting 30 seconds to fucking update their driver's license. You don't need to charge 20 bucks for that or whatever the fuck it was. And then I, apparently it was hard to find because I ran into that shit all the time. You know, I, I would call and be like, hey, you know, they 
what's going on with their license. They say, oh, uh, they just have to pay the reinstatement fee. They already paid their ticket. Fucking leave them alone. Stop fucking with people, please. Yeah, no, I yeah, agree with that too. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. Oh, hey there. It's me. I just want to let you guys know about something. On my link tree, I have links to all your favorite poorly made things. I'm going to have a link specifically to the coins and patches with Ghost Patch, my merch with Spring, and a couple other things. We're going to have Fit Responder on there. We're going to have Officer Privacy on there. And of course, we're going to have RTI Training. If you're going to go sign up for class through RTI Training, use the link in my link tree and it helps me out a little bit and they know that I sent you. Check out my link tree for all things poorly made. I'll be updating it as new things come up. Going forward, the link should be on the description of every podcast. And of course, uh, find it on my profile on Facebook and Instagram under Poorly Made Police Memes. Now, back to the podcast. So, drugs. We gotta get back on the drug train. Oh, man. Uh, so, what year did that pass? Uh, I want to say... What year was that? Maybe 2020? Okay. I could look it up. Well, what? So, initially... You know, and not even just initially, you guys are still having problems with it. Are citizens still on board with that? Or like, do you hear like, what's the feedback you get from the community or people like, hey, this is fucking stupid. Or is there like people that are kind of good with just letting people do whatever the fuck they want? Uh, No, I think I would be surprised if we don't see a change in the next couple of years. Um, there's been some pretty big pushes to have it changed back. Uh it's interesting because like, you know, we'll, I'll go to a call for service and uh, nothing against the uh, left leaning voters, uh, but it's interesting talking to them. And a lot of people want to talk about how much of a failure it is. And even the people that were like hardcore for it, talk about how they shouldn't have voted for it and it was completely wrong and um, there needs to be a change. So I think. You know, obviously there's always the people that are like, oh, they're just addicts. Let's let them be. But that's just until their car gets broken into and all their shit gets stolen. And then then they all suddenly want to, you know, kick and scream about how wrong it is. You know, there was a saying and I'm, I'm going to fucking butcher it because that's what I do. But it's something along the lines of like. If you're if you're young in a conservative, then you'd have no heart. And but when you're old, if you're a liberal, then you're something like no brain or something like that. Um, I don't think I've heard that. Something along the lines of that. I may have like butchered it and somebody will leave a comment about how fucking stupid I am. But like, I, I don't I mean, like, I hate to trash entire groups of people like, oh, they fuck up liberals. I don't trust me. I have my issues with some left leaning folks. But, you know, a lot of them like it, they think they're like it's with a. It's with a good heart, right? Like they don't want to. I think a lot of us can kind of agree. Like, do you do we need to be locking up addicts? Like we, you know, we're gonna pay the fucking lock them up anyway. Why don't we pay for something that may get them off of drugs and a productive member of society? Like, I think a lot of us, not everybody, but I think a lot of us are kind of on the same page with that. And so, you know, I I get you know people are like, well, you know, they're an addict, they have a problem, which I I don't know if I'm gonna go with the addiction is the disease like i'm fat not as fat as i used to be by the way go sign up for fit responder because i it's fucking kicking my ass and it's awesome but 
I I can't like I'm addicted to food. I can I could easily say that, but like nobody feels sorry for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like you kind of have to deal with those things. But I I don't know, man. I just I wish we could just kind of like stop fucking yelling at each other over Instagram and social media, like this fucking chick I wanted to talk to on the podcast and just talk to each other and come up with solutions and actually listen to what people are saying. Like, I think we get so wrapped up in like the major, major issues. So we kind of let all this shit fall to the wayside. Like there's common sense to be had with all of this. I think there's a common sense answer to most problems we have. We just have to stop listening to the loudest on either side of the aisle and we'll be perfectly okay. No, I agree. Um, yeah, the way they went about it, it's 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 pretty bad. Like, I don't even know if people. I'm sure there's cops that still issue the the tickets. I stopped uh, when it first passed. So I, I just looked it up. So the measure got passed in 2020, and it went into effect I think January 2021. Um, when we first did it, our uh, district attorney's office came forward and said, "Hey, issue the citations, seize the drugs." And, um, that way we can track and show how much of a failure 110 is in the next legislative cycle. Well, I think maybe that lasts for like a couple of weeks. It's, you know, you got to go through all the, the measures of, you know, seizing, seizing a bag. We'll just say meth, you know, you see some meth and you got to write a, a report and then you got to go lodge it. You got to go through all the procedures. And then for a while we had to scare with uh, fentanyl of like, oh man, if you, you know, just a little bit of a, you know, touching the bag and, could uh, cause contamination and you could overdose and, and things like that. People just kind of got to it to the point where it was like, this isn't even worth it anymore. So all those citations and stuff uh, ended. I know I'm guilty of it. There are, there are a lot of times where I'll arrest somebody for like a warrant or something. I'll pull some dope out of their box, out of their pocket and dope, not, not marijuana, but meth, heroin, fentanyl, uh, you name it. <clears throat> I'll just fucking throw it back in their, their car or I'll hand it to their buddy or whatever. Cause I just don't want to fucking deal with it. Cause it's, it's pointless. And I know I'm not the only cop that does that. And it's, that's just kind of where we've gotten to now. Well, and I, I think it's kind of back to that. Like people don't realize the fallout of what they've done. You know, they mm-hmm. just assume things are going to like, they come up with what they think is the solution and they don't think about the back end. Like, Hey, cops have a lot of fucking shit to do. And we're just going to pile this, Basically, we'll just call it what it is, bullshit paperwork on them to document this shit when it doesn't make sense to do. Like, it it does not make sense to do it in the scheme of time management at all. It's a waste. Right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I got everything else I got to do. And now with all the other, you know, requirements that our legislation is passed here in Oregon of, you know, you know, tracking use of force stuff and all that other shenanigans, you know, body cameras, I got to plug in incident numbers and all that other crap, like. There's just way too much stuff on my plate. I'm not going to take the time to, to deal with somebody's, you know, violation level amount of, of drugs. Wait, uh, okay. I, I was so blessed where I worked the body cameras. It just fucking talked to the computer and very rarely, unless there was like some kind of miscommunication, you would just it would just update. It would just update. You wouldn't have to worry about putting in numbers. You have to physically go in every video and fucking make sure all the numbers are right and shit. No, just if it's tied to like a report or an incident. Um, And we had the CAD integration too, 
where if you, you know, you go to a, like a crash or whatever, and it, you know, it automatically categorizes and adds that stuff. But the problem is, is, you know, you've seen it, you go to a call for service and it's one thing and then, or you think it's one thing and they, they put it in the screen as one thing. And then also makes something completely different. Well, it only goes off of what's in that CAD. And then, you know, you look kind of like an asshat, you know, two years down the road when you go to court and all of a sudden all those videos are gone because you didn't, you know, update your stuff. So you still have to go back and make sure it's all there because when you get called in court of like, Hey, you said you have a body camera and then car video, but none of that exists anymore. Why is that? Um, you know, it's just, it's one of those mistakes that happens on the stand that only happens one time. So now I have to go back and I just double check all my stuff all the time. And again, I probably don't have to, but just to make sure that that kind of issue doesn't happen again, I do it. Yeah. I, that's one thing we haven't talked about is how body cameras and technology have turned cops into it guys and like added more shit into our days. Like my computer at my work for the on the patrol car to like log in you had like a key card thing or whatever and it sometimes it didn't work and now you're fucking crawling under the car trying to see if fucking shit's plugged in and shit and you're wasting a whole bunch of fucking time to just get logged into the fucking computer Mm -hmm. they put so much stupid shit on cops plates like why isn't there a fucking it guy that can go through and make sure you're fucking why isn't there some dude that can just go through and fucking do that shit for all of us where is this guy? Defund yeah. the police. <laughs> I, uh, I've been pretty, pretty fortunate. I can say, uh, you know, the agency has a couple of it people, but the problem is like me, I've spent most of my night working night shift. So if you got, if you have an issue with your technology stuff, you have to fucking hurry up and get to them before they go home at, you know, five o'clock or whatever time they go home. Um, so in that sense, I've worked for a big enough agency to where it's we have those people, so that part's not such an that's not such an issue. Or we have just an abundance of extra patrol cars where you can just go check out a different car, uh, and, and if it's everything's running properly. But yeah, no, I agree. You know, adding all the recordings and stuff and everything else um, has really made or uh, caused police officers to have to adapt to more than just what we do on a regular basis. At the same time, too, man, you probably did you uh, did you ever work without body cameras? Yeah. Did you ever experience or notice that the change for uh, when you would go to court and back in the day before recordings, when everybody, you know, your word was your word and everybody yeah. believed like, oh, you're a cop. You can't lie. Oh, you yeah. saw this person run this stop sign. Therefore, or you said you saw this person run the stop sign. Therefore, it happened verse nowadays where if it's not on the camera then it didn't exist and nobody believes you anymore yeah it's amazing. that probably pisses me off more than having to deal with you know faulty equipment from time to time oh yeah it's it's incredible right and, and on one hand like i i understand unfortunately there's been some people we kind of talked about them earlier that have made policing a lot more difficult for us and they were cops and they fucking those rare people that actually have lied and made up stuff and planted drugs and shit. They've helped create this world of body cameras and they've also helped create now. Basically if it's not on video, you are not believed, which sucks, man. It's a, it's kind of, it's kind of a shitty feeling, right? You know, like you, you go out there and you try to do your best for the community and you, you know, I, I, 
I try to hold myself in high esteem. Like I, yeah. Do I make some fucking terrible goddamn fucking cringy jokes on this podcast and on my meme page? Yeah, I do. Cause I'm allowed to fucking crack jokes, but when the, when the, when the fucking curtains are uh, pulled up and I'm on, on the job when I was on the job for the most part, you know, we all had our bad days, but I tried really hard to fucking do the right thing all the time. And then when you yeah. go to court and everything you do is just fucking questioned. If it's like, I, I, I didn't never had fucking, you know, the in-car cameras. So like, I remember one time there was some fucking bullshit. I don't remember if it actually went to trial, but they're like, Hey, you know, the stop sign violation wasn't on your body camera. I was like, yeah, cause the fucking body camera is on my chest. It stares at the steering wheel. You're not going to see it. Would you have video of him pulling, you know, rolling the stop sign? No, I don't. I'll have a fucking camera on my car, you know? shit like that would come up and it's unfortunate you know uh that some fucking shit bags have have kind of given enough leverage where people can say all right we don't we don't believe the cops and and in many places in the country you're not believed you know anybody can go up on that stand and they'll lose credibility on their own you know what i'm saying like people mm-hmm. people figure out oh this guy's full of shit uh cops if if it's not on body camera nothing you say is believed and that's i think an unfortunate reality of these times no yeah i i agree and i don't know if it's necessarily like people don't i i don't know i don't know if it's necessarily people don't believe the cops anymore or if we just you know the judges and attorneys have just gotten lazy or they figured out a way like oh hey you know what if it's not on here then no harm no foul kind of thing and it's it's pretty annoying i try not to let it ruin my day but definitely adds to uh some of the the stressors of i don't of know things how that i don't days, think would have to be there i was gonna say i don't know how your day is not ruined every day by being a cop in oregon it sounds like it would be <laughs> fucking miserable it's not a ton of fun um and you know i'll just not all of the the state is the same uh i just happen to be in a region that's heavily influenced by the city of Portlandia and they kind of fucking, they kind of run the roost with everything. So there's a lot of good days. Um, like I said, I think in my experience, a lot of the people in the community are the ones that uh, are, are, are still very supportive of, of police. And you can even like some of the dirt bags, like we'll go talk to and they'll be like, Oh man, uh, you know, some of these guys don't realize how, how good, uh, we have it here in this state um, compared to other states have been too, but uh, definitely Oregon is a place where the, you know, noisy minority rule the roost and kind of cause a lot of trickle down effect for everyone else. And it can be pretty frustrating. So I have this theory um, that while it's maybe not the funnest place to be a cop in quote unquote blue areas you probably as far as like pay and benefits go they're probably pretty good am i on am i correct in assuming that where you're at uh yes yeah so that's that i always call it the uh i don't want to say that but um yeah the pay and the benefits that i don't know what you're gonna say but i'm sure it's good you tell me later yeah the the pay and the benefits and uh, just like the power that unions have um, in this state is it's pretty high and it makes leaving the job really hard because there's no way I could leave now 
and make what I'm making right now and support my family and, you know, have a retirement at a reasonable age. Um, if I was to leave, I just, it just wouldn't be there. It would take a lot of work to have to, you know, kind of work my way back into the, into the workforce to find a job that would pay like that, um, right away. So it, it, it gets you, if you don't get out yeah. right away, as soon as you hit that, you know, that, uh, salary, not salary, but you know, your hourly wage cap and everything else, it's hard to leave. Yeah. I, that's a thing, man. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that'll say, well, Hey man, if you don't, if you don't, you don't like it, just go to another department. It's not that easy, you know, um, for a lot of people, they, you know, they've invested a good part of their life preparing to be a cop and, you know, a lot of people for, for better or worse have got criminal justice majors. That doesn't really go a whole lot of places and doesn't those skills it, and believe it or not, like your policing skills will transfer over. Um, but it's not, it's not an overnight thing, right? You know, I, I worked in a, in a blue area and I, I will tell you right now, I don't think I'll ever make as much money as I did ever again in my life. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones I had, I found an out and I found a way that I could make the money work. And I, I, the, the, uh, the process isn't over yet. You know, I, I still have to kind of figure out some things so, um, I can remain, uh, able to pay my bills. Yeah. I, I found enough of an out to get it out. A lot of people are, I get it. I understand why they don't leave. And to the people that actually do leave, that's a huge sacrifice. I mean, you know, I don't know how much you guys make, but let's, I'll just throw out like a, some bullshit number. Like, you know, you're making 110 grand a year and, you know, your wife's happy, your family's happy, but you're not happy. There's a mm -hmm. big internal debate there, right? Like, I think a lot of people say, well, well, you have to be happy because you're the head of the family. And, but then I think a lot of people would also be right saying, well, hold on a second. Sometimes you got to make a sacrifice for everybody else. So they have a good life. It's a, that's, that's a tough thing to choose, man. And and I, I honestly, uh, I don't fall on either side of that. I think what works for people is what they should do. Some people like me are like, no, I can't, I'm not going to function. Uh, I'm going to run into an Oak tree. So I, I have to go do something different where, you know, other people like you, uh, I would presume are a little bit, uh, have a stronger mind. You're like, and eh, fuck it. I guess I got to do what I got to do. It's it's tough, man. It's a it's a hard fucking balance. But that is that is a a good point you brought up. Is they kind of trap you with that money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the compensation makes it rough. Um, and even here, like in Oregon, we used to do talking about lateraling. In Oregon, they used to do like you know lateral incentive bonuses. Well, they passed a law I think last year all that went away. Um, there's still some places like Portland that don't care what the legislation says and what the law says. They are doing it anyway, but what yeah. they passed a law where you can't give bonuses to people that lateral. Yeah. So it, it comes, it's, I don't know all the background about it, so I'm not going to pretend like I know everything, but essentially something to do with unions, they, uh, something that a uh, law passed. I'm pretty sure it was last year and all those, you're not supposed to do those lateral bonuses anymore. Um, some agencies are still doing it because they're hurting for people so uh, so badly, like Portland. Um, you can Google Portland police and uh, they're still pushing it. 
Um, but it's technically, uh, you can't do that right now. I think it's going to change it back because it's kind of taken away the momentum of, you know, uh, people going from agency to agency. Um, but yeah, you gotta, places are having to be a little bit more, uh, tricky with how they compensate bringing laterals on board. I don't get it. I mean, the only thing that I, I I'm trying to make sense of it is maybe, you know, there's some people that feel like, Oh, the bad cops just lateral and the departments don't communicate, which I, I will, I will say right now, I don't like, you know, when police departments don't communicate, you know, Hey, this dude was a shitty cop and then they get hired. I know stories like that where like somebody should have gotten fired and in my opinion, been decertified and they jump ship. And I realize, you know, there's always like litigation and, and stuff and what departments are worried about. Maybe they didn't finish an investigation or whatever. So I, I understand kind of the outcry of that. But then there's also the stories of like, it's just a personality conflict, right? Like this guy doesn't fit within this agency's culture and whatever. Let him go somewhere else. I think that's the case more often than not. Mm -hmm. But, oh, that's, this, uh, that's interesting. You know, you brought up, you brought up unions. And I'm not like very well versed in this, but this is kind of a, a pop culturally pop culture thing right now. We have like the auto unions in um, Detroit were striking. I don't, did they reach an agreement? I don't know. Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I think I want to say like one of the auto places, like I think it was like Ford was working towards a, uh, you know, a resolution, but the other ones were not, I don't, Honestly, I don't pay that much attention to that kind of stuff, but I don't, I, you know, to be honest with you, like my, my plan for the future, um, oh, I guess it's still going. Um, I, I, I'm just going to buy shitty cars. <laughs> you know, I've decided that's kind of the way to go is, uh, to buy a, uh, a car that's going to last you two or three years and run it into the ground. Cause it's just going to be cheaper than car payments. I, I think in uh, how much you lose value in your vehicles. Maybe that doesn't work for everybody, but that's, that's my plan moving forward. I also make a podcast in my basement. So <laughs> I, <laughs> there's that too. Um, but, you know, just kind of paying attention to what people are saying, you know, in comment threads about this stuff is like, I, I want people to be paid. Right. But, you know, like I saw something where they want to like jump it up to like 40 an hour from like 20 an hour. And it's like, you, you realize like this isn't the, the way this works for better or worse. And I don't know, we're going to get wild here. It's, it's not going to come out of the CEO's pocket. Like he's not going to be like, well, all right, I guess I make a little bit less this year. That, that cost will get passed along to the consumer and cars are going to be even more expensive. Like, I, I don't know about you, man, but like the price of a fucking car right now, who the fuck can buy a new car anyway? Any Who the fuck? Like, the, I feel like the 1% can buy a new car these days. I It's kind of an interesting thing. And I'm not like, I'm not saying these people need to fucking work for scraps or anything like that. I, you know, I think we all like realize, you know, there should be like fair wages for people and people should be treated well and stuff. And I don't know, man. Uh, I sometimes like I understand the union stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, man, this is ultimately it's just going to get passed on to the consumer right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I don't have any experience outside of, you know, police unions. Um, but uh, I definitely see where like, 
you know, small businesses, like entry level jobs that unionize, they just, they cause more problems in, in the end than they do uh, fixing them. Yeah. So. And it's, uh, it's, sorry, man, I didn't mean to talk about this, but I just, I just find it kind of interesting because like, I try to see the, like both sides of the issue. And like, I, I get like, you know, when people are, I, I don't like this whole thing about like, well, you could, you know, CEOs should have like a cap to pay. Well, it's their fucking business, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's their fucking baby, but but I also don't like, you know, like the Waltons have like so many billions of dollars and like, you know, employees around food stamps, too, you know, uh, that that math doesn't really work out either. Um, it's I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a, I, it's an interesting problem that I don't know that you could actually ever fairly legislate. You know, I agree, but I think that's it's also, you know, the rich staying rich. I mean, that's kind of what drives drives the the state of the country in a way like i've heard people talk about you know uh one of the reasons why the u.s has is so advanced in in medication and research along that way is because of capitalism and the you know how lucrative it is to to be on the front end of, of that technology and i think if you don't have those incentives then we'd be a lot farther behind than where we are right now yeah, I mean, I definitely lean more towards like, hey, man, free market. Um, you know, I obviously, you know, pretty anti like the government saying what wages are and having really any effect on that. But, you know, I, I think, I don't know, you can't really, really regulate like moral behavior either. You know, no. I, I don't yeah. think you ever, ever can like. You know, and not to pick on the Waltons. I don't. I don't know them. They might be nice people. All I know is they bought my fucking Broncos. How's that fucking working out? They did right. Did I make that up? I feel like the the Walmart owns the Broncos now. Um, I have no idea. Not working out so good. But I. I don't know. This is very philosophical. I don't know. That's my my statement. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I don't know if there's a way. It's, to it's kind of fucked up. It. Like I. You know, I would like to think that if I if PMPM ever became like a fucking huge enterprise and I had employees, I would treat them well and uh, do all that. But you can't. I don't know. The government just can't tell you. The government can't fucking fix roads. How are they going to fucking regulate wages? I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Let's talk about police stuff. How about that? We got a little wild here. Sorry. Yeah, we went way off. You just you trickled me. By the way, police unions. I don't know if you agree with me or not. They're not this big fucking powerful entity that people make them out to be. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think they're, yeah, I don't think they're as powerful as you think they are, but they, you know, obviously I think it probably depends agency to agency, but there are some pretty strong, you know, unions out there and they do some really good work and, and uh, yeah, I, I think they do a good job at adding that balance, at least where I'm at. If like, if our union sucked, I don't even know what, I don't think I could do this job anymore. They're kind of like that balance. You uh, but Oregon had a better did, experience than I then. I can't talk too much about my union experience because it would probably, because it's so stupid, it would probably maybe give away where I worked a little bit. Not that some people haven't figured that out already, but 
not my name's not John, by the way, bitch. Um, but I thought we were going with John. Well, I know, but but you know, she figured me all out. But oh. she I, she didn't even know where I fucking worked. Um, but my union basically, you know, they negotiate shitty raises every couple of years, and if you got in trouble, you know, they'd send a rep with you to the uh to the interview and you know they had like a some agreement with like a a defense attorney or what you know some cop attorneys or whatever and that was basically like it and then we had a you know a christmas party and we got up there and jerked each other's off for a little bit and that was kind of the end of it that was my union experience (laughs) but like people are like oh these police unions they prevent bad cops from getting fired it's like you people think unions are great until it's for like cops it's like no they they just want to make it's like they just want to make sure people are treated fairly right that's yeah. the only that's the whole idea behind it yeah and yeah uh i've been i've been pretty fortunate i've never been in trouble so i don't i've never had to like had a representative follow me around and you know go through that that process i have seen uh some people that shouldn't be cops survive you know misconduct because of the union um, and oh. that is always irritating, but it mainly would come down to, you know, like the governmental I- uh, entity not following the proper process. And, you know, they find those little loopholes that, you know, keep bad cops employed. Uh, but that, that's something that also recently changed here in Oregon. So, um, I don't, I don't foresee that being as big of an issue anymore, but I guess it kind of just depends where you're at. Yeah, I, I agree. So you you sent me some messages um back and forth over the like the last six months a year or so you I, we talked about uh you were gonna have one of your buddies on it sounded like you guys had a a good story during the summer of love yeah uh well I mean I'm sure like it's like everybody else's stories uh are we just gonna go into it yeah just fucking hit us with it all right so just like everybody else man. Uh, well, I assume everybody else, uh, the trickle down of the whole George Floyd thing, uh, it hit here. It didn't hit here as hard as like Portland, um, but it definitely hit, um, I would, I would assume most, most of the places in the liberal armpit of the state. And, uh, we had ourselves a, a riot and it was a goat rope shit show, uh, from beginning What's to end. What's a goat rope? What's a goat rope? It's, a, it's just a it's a saying that's here. I don't know. Have you not heard that before? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right. That, that is Do probably it. the name of the podcast right now. But hell yeah, goat rope. You keep talking. I'm gonna look up a goat rope. Yeah. So it started out. Uh, I assume like every other peaceful protest, people were walking around on the streets, uh, protesting, blocking intersections. No big deal. Uh, started escalating pretty quickly when they started throwing. Uh, fireworks at the police and all we were doing is you know trying to keep them from getting run over how dare you i know i know blocking intersections a block away and they're still you know hucking fireworks and shit at us it was a good time uh essentially what happened is there's a there's a confrontation uh with a a buddy of mine uh and there was a supervisor and they were in a position on a roadway um to try and prevent these people from walking onto a, you know, a very busy thoroughfare where if they were to get hit, they would probably die. And uh, one thing leads to another. Uh, 
the supervisor starts freaking blasting people with uh, bear mace. And then he bails. And when he bails, he left my buddy behind in his patrol car. And he got basically surrounded in the protest. Uh, the vehicle got damaged. He couldn't get out. And uh, he pretty much got hung out to dry. Uh, and the only person that knew what was happening other than my buddy was the supervisor who later admitted to being scared and uh, let it happen. So like his, his car was, you know, pretty well destroyed. He was able to get out of there and get safe. We were all staged a couple miles down the road, not knowing what was happening. Um, but yeah. That, uh, that is, sounds like a really good supervisor. I'm sure he is su still in a supervisory role, right? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. hundred percent still in a supervisory role. I don't, I, I like the guy, but you know, on a personal level, but that, yeah, that was something that it's still talked about today. I don't want to go in. I wasn't, I didn't witness everything that happened. That'd be something that he would have to hop on here and, and talk about. Uh, but I do know that after he was able to get away, the commander, like the, the actual supervisor in charge, the officer in charge, when we were at our staging point, when he, he showed up, my buddy showed up and they didn't even give him the time of day. They didn't check on him. They didn't ask him if he was all right. It was, he, he was trying to ask them like, Hey, what do you want me to do with my car? It's pretty much, I mean, the windows were all broken out and, and they told him like they didn't even have time for him and pretty much told him to piss off and go away. So that set the, that set the tempo for the night. Sounds like that department has great leadership. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it does. Like, I don't want to, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. There are, it, it's a big agency. There are a lot of really good cops that work there on the, on the, the street level. And even, you know, investigations, special teams, like there are a lot of really good cops. Um, you start moving up the ranks into supervisors. Just, there's some great supervisors, some people that, you know, I'd follow through the door any day of the week. Uh, but the higher up that chain you go, the more fucked up it gets. Um, there's still some, there's a high level supervisor that I think is still there. Um, he's a super good dude. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, he, in my opinion, he was pigeonholed. He was placed in a position where he couldn't actually affect the change that needed to happen. And, uh, from there it just, you know, let's just say we ate a lot of pizza for that in the summer of love. <laughs> I see all your memes. It's so funny. Cause I see all your memes about pizza parties and improving morale. And we got fed a shit ton of pizza because morale was, I don't think you could ever go any lower. Like there was a point where we had a protest. <laughs> I've laughed yeah. about like just the thought of like, we need more pizza. We need <laughs> Dude, more pizza. Does yeah. anybody have pizza? Where's the credit <clears throat> card? Oh man. It was. Uh, so that protest, uh, a riot, that riot was pretty crazy. Like they took over, you know, pretty much like a, a, a little small slip of our town. Uh, we went in and took some intervention measures to push them to push them out. And we had, you know, undercover um, detectives, plainclothes detectives in the area that were kind of trying to monitor and feed us intel. And like we went in, we attempted to, you know, disperse the crowd and it worked. And then we just turned around and left. And the detectives were that were feeding the intel. They're like, hey, man, you guys, we should go back. Let's let's take this part of the city back. And uh, the boss uh, that was calling the shots is like, nope, we're all going to go back here and stage. And we went and staged and pretty much let them 
just you know cause hundred thousand probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage to more of the city when we almost had it under control pretty quick. And that's just kind of like the way it went. But we got pizza at the end, which was cool. That could also be the name of the podcast is but we got pizza at the end. Oh, you know what? I I think I got the meme for the podcast. It's going to be uh that's this fucking name from the golfing movie where it's like, "Well, at least I got that going for me. At least <laughs> yeah. you got some pizza." <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man. Dude, oh god. So, uh, well, I'll just go into it. I don't care. Uh we had another like little protest thing that happened. So, after uh a bunch of the, you know, police departments around the the country were getting, you know, stormed and damaged, they boarded up our PD and uh, some family members of, you know, employees that work there and some community community members instead of, uh, you know, us showing up to work every day with fences and, and you know, plywood placed over all the windows. Uh, they came over and did like some artwork. They made like little signs and hearts and all that stuff to show support. They put it up all over the, the plywood to, you know, make us feel a little bit, a uh, little bit better. Well, uh, we had a protest that was marching to the, the department. And they staged us. Um, they staged us at the business next door in a hidden parking lot. And uh, the plan was we weren't going to let them, you know, we were going to let them into the parking lot, but we weren't going to let them cause any damage or try and pull the plywood or whatever. And uh, they, as soon as they showed up, command staff made the play call where they're like, nope, you guys are not going to do anything. And they went up and destroyed all that artwork and stuff that those community members and family members did, uh, you know, to kind of make it. They destroyed better. it peacefully. They destroyed. Oh, yeah, it they destroyed it peacefully. They tore it all down, you know, shredded it. Did just completely. Uh, they destroyed it. You know, spray painted the plywood, all that other good stuff, um, and then they marched off. And that's all they did, which was kind of nice, uh, and then. Uh, we were pretty much told to stand down and then they fed us pizza after that one too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny, but it's so sad. It, dude, it was, it was, I've never felt so defeated in my career. Like just to have, it was, it was nice to show up to work that day and to see all the stuff that those family members and community did. It was like, okay, yeah, it's a shitty time. People are showing support. Screw the noisy minority. And then they, you know, we had this plan and we knew it was happening and then all of a sudden, last second, they're like, no, you guys are going to stand down. We're not we're not doing anything unless they try and breach the department. And then just to turn around and walk back after the whole thing was done and see everything they did and all the, you know, the crap that they they tore down. And it was just like, are you serious? And then they literally ordered us pizza and tried to give us like a pep talk. It's it disgusting. You know, I. I I have lots of thoughts on that and. Yours wasn't the only one. There was a lot of police departments that had similar stories. And I just, I don't know how to like rectify the situation we're in where basically protesters can do whatever they want. And now they're winning lawsuits and stuff for, you know, not here's the whole thing. Like people are like, well, we have the right to protest. Yeah, you do. It's, peaceful assembly right mm -hmm. that's what it is in there and people will scream it people will twist it into something it's not right they'll be like well you know martin luther king he used to block roads martin luther king didn't destroy police stations 
yeah did were there some fucking horrendous things that happened that the police did back in the 60s yes there were they were fucking horrendous the fire hoses all of that shit yeah it was not good okay however we we with all it's morphed from not just that to like destroying buildings and we're just gonna let it go everyone that was involved in that type of shit should have been fucking charged i don't I think throughout the country, you, you, I haven't really heard or know of any information, and somebody can correct me, of that kind of stuff actually <laughs> being prosecuted or followed up on. They just let people do it. I will just say, let people fucking do it. I will say, uh, and I give you know a lot of praise to to our investigators. Um, the the initial riot we had when they they pretty much destroyed a bunch of businesses. Uh, you know, they had some investigators assigned to it and they went back and were actually able to identify a lot of these people and charge them with burglary and riot and everything else. And our, our district attorney's office did a good job at trying to prosecute them. You know, sometimes it comes down to the jury. Uh, so in that sense, I don't think they all got away scot-free, but there was definitely a lot of stuff that they got away with, um, that we just let happen. And I think a lot of un, unneeded damage occurred, um, and pretty much we just kind of let stuff happen. It's, it, it you know, I, I know we're not the only agency that went through times like that. Um, and I'm sure we're not the only agency that got pizza to boost morale. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, you but uh, in a sense, you know, I'll give credit to that there. Um, they tried to rectify a lot of it. Some of it worked out, some of it didn't, but um yeah, in a sense, like we just kind of didn't, our agency standpoint was we're not going to do anything uh, unless we absolutely have to. And in the end, it kind of worked out in their favor because uh, as we stopped taking action against, you know, these groups, they kind of lost their momentum and everything kind of, you know, dwindled down pretty quick. Uh, but however, you know, we had a second riot that piped off because of exactly that. We didn't do anything. Um, we didn't try and intervene. We just hoped that if we just stay hidden, nothing will happen. And then they decided, uh, you know, screw it. Let's go ahead and start destroying businesses and such. And then we had to go in and try and fix everything. When I think if we had taken action earlier, it probably wouldn't have happened that way, but I don't know. I don't have the answer for everything. I'm not a smart guy, just a, a street cop, but. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of the same thing with like the union thing is, I'm listening to what you're saying and and I'm glad that, you know, some people were hopefully held accountable, but I'm listening to what you're saying. And on one hand, I'm like, well, that kind of might make sense. Right. Because a lot of them want to put on the show, Mm -hmm. right? Like we got to put on the show that we're being beaten and oppressed by the cops, even though we're, you know, clearly in the wrong, people are going to feel sorry for us. And the cops are the thugs and the goons and the monsters and they're beating the shit out of us. And we're just, peacefully protesting right like that's what they want they want they and i don't know who needs to hear this you know because we're we're going to be back out on these lines at some point right it's going to happen again they're called agitators for a reason and you don't let them fucking get you okay don't let these fucking people whether it's through words or minor actions do stuff to provoke a out of character response 
easier said than done sometimes, but keep that in mind, you know, cause that's what they're looking for. They're looking, they're looking to be that victim of police aggression. They want that. They're trying to push you to that. Don't give them that satisfaction, which again, I, I, I guess I'm like, all right, well, if you guys aren't there, they can't fight with you. Right. But then, but then you have that other side of the coin of other side of the coin of, all right, well, now they're not there. Now we can do whatever the fuck we want. Where I just feel like there used to be an understanding. You you just can't go out and fucking do that. You're going to get your ass whipped. You're yeah. going to get fucking cuffed and stuffed and put to jail. You're you're acting violent. You're going to be treated like that. And you're going to fucking get loaded up in a wagon. You're going to go to jail. We don't do that. So, you know, I think half the country is like, yeah, fucking lock these people up. And the other half of the country is like, well... You know, they have to do it to be heard. They have to do it to be heard. I don't think I really buy that shit. Not in the, you don't, time changes, right? And and people will like, well, we had to do this in the 60s. Well, it's not the 60s anymore, man. It's It's 80 years later. We have technology. We have all these things. You know, stuff spreads through wild, like wildfire on social media. And a lot of it's not even fucking true. You don't need to fucking burn buildings to make a point. And I don't know how it became kind of socially acceptable. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, not only is it socially acceptable here, I'd almost say like, I feel like, you know, legislation makes it encouraged when, uh, when places like, you know, the feds were up in Portland, um, you know, defending their courthouse because uh, Portland refused to, to do it. Uh, and take action you know those guys were hooking people up and charging them and their their you know uh mug shots were getting posted on the internet well what happened next oregon passed a law you can't post somebody's mug shot on the internet unless uh they've been convicted of the crime so uh and the whole basis behind that was well there's you know peaceful protesters getting arrested um for just you know doing exactly that standing up for what they believe in so uh, we don't want to ruin their their opportunity life to have their you know mugshot posted on the internet, so they made that go away. Just things like that. I don't know. I'm not looking forward to the next round of uh, protests. I'm sure they're kind of pop up in the presidential election in 2024. Is my assumption. Um, we'll yeah, see I think a that. lot of it. I I hope I'm wrong, man. But I I'm I'm on the same page. I I, I reference it a lot. I I think as uh, the election becomes closer, no matter who's running, it's we got to have a distraction. We got to have whatever and it's going to pop off not to be too much of a conspiracy theorist, but I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, I, I was going to kind of start hopping towards some of my dumb stuff, you know, towards the end, but I, I don't want to cut you short at all because you've relayed a lot of uh, really positive and encouraging information about Oregon. (laughs) And I can't wait to visit. Um, I won't. I, I will, <laughs> I've always wanted to go up to the Pacific Northwest. I won't. Fuck that. It's yeah. It's uh you know just stay out of Portland. Um, even Nike. I think Nike's leaving Portland. Intel was talking about leaving Portland area for a while. I don't know if they're actually going to or not. But uh, you know the state's beautiful, and you know you could go to the far east. Uh, you know the Eastern Oregon desert, and it's kind of like that high desert. Um, I don't know what it was like in Colorado or Iowa, but um. It's beautiful. The Cascades are beautiful. The ocean's beautiful. It's just the freaking, just the legislation, man. The legislation just 
just beat people down. And it's not necessarily a bad place to be a cop in Oregon. And we talked a little bit about, you know, lateraling. I lateraled um, to a different agency. There are communities that are very supportive of law enforcement and even like city officials are supportive of law enforcement. They show up to things like, you know, new cops getting sworn in and things like that. Um, but the blue, the heavy blue state or uh, communities and entities, those, those places are, are pretty terrible. And the unfortunate thing is like we, you know, we kind of talked about the pay, uh, the pay keeps a lot of people from leaving. Um, and people from those big agencies think that necessarily staying there, like you might as well just stay there because it's going to be the same everywhere. It's not the same everywhere. There's definitely different places you can go in the state that uh, I think have less of a trickle down effect from whatever's made decisions are made up North in Portland. But, um, you know, you could, you could go to an agency, a smaller agency next door and have a more positive experience overall. It still kind of sucks. You know, essentially, you know, we talked about the discretion thing. If you don't have a legal basis to stand on, you probably shouldn't even be involved in anything or whatever, you know, that is. And it's interesting because like the citizens, the citizens don't even seem to, I'm going on a rant. I'm sorry, but no, dude, the citizens this, don't this seem to understand you, it. Man. You go on a fucking rant. The citizens don't even seem like they understand the trickle down effect that everything's causing. Cause you know, we still get those calls of like, Hey, this guy's walking through our neighborhood. He doesn't belong. I want the police to come out and talk to him. There's no legal someone can walk through any neighborhood they want there's nothing against it well i guess unless it's like a gated community or whatever but uh i i digress you know people don't understand that that's kind of how our hands are tied behind our back here in this state and there's nothing we can do about it oh this guy's shooting up heroin in the park i want to you know i want to make him leave well i can go write him a ticket but i can't make him leave a park you know unless there's something else there that allows me to do it but it's, it's interesting. I don't think everyone really understands, you know, what the legislation and their representatives, so-called representatives are doing and, and why those problems are in effect today. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I was, I was going to ask, are you a lifelong resident of Oregon? Yep. <clears throat> Born and raised, unfortunately. So we talked about the change in like the the decade you know i don't know exactly how old you are but i assumed it's changed a lot you know over your entire life has there been a lot of transplants coming to oregon i mean what what has kind of sparked the change of the state or has it always just kind of been i don't think it's always been um i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i i have you know done some some digging and uh, I've noticed that uh, things have generally trended in the far blue direction ever since Oregon passed its mail-in vote, you know, mail-in voting uh, ballot measure, like back like 20 years ago. And obviously, I wasn't voting back then. But um, hearing the stories, like Oregon was always kind of right down the middle of, uh, you know, could go blue or red depending on the the election cycle. Uh, but now it's hardcore blue, and it just will always stay blue. And I don't know if it's you know, corruption in the mail-in voting, or if it's just, you know, mail-in ballots has just made it easy for everybody in Portland to go, you know, vote. I don't, I don't know what the cause is, but um, essentially this, the port, the population of Portland is, is become so big that they kind of just rule the roost. Like whatever they want is how it is. Yeah. And like people, I don't know how you feel about this, but you know, the uh, electoral map, people get upset about that they're like well you know the popular vote and it's like 
I I believe I I I see why the uh they decided that's how we were gonna do this shit long, long, long time ago as far as electing presidents go. And you'd see that a lot with like big cities is you know, look at Illinois, perfect example. Chicago. Basically anything the people in Chicago want, it goes for the entire state for people that don't have the same viewpoints. So that's why I get the electoral college is and it's you know, I don't know how that fucking got made up. Like who fucking thinks of that shit? But it makes sense to me, right? You know, so there there's the the voice of the people is a little more, I guess, evened out, you know. It, and I I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like I don't understand why cities tend to be more blue and counties meet you know, tend to be more conservative. I I I understand like the basic premise of it, but it's just, it just seems weird that we have all kind of pigeon-told, man. I mean, look at a fucking election map. It's a big city, it's blue. Without fail. Mm-hmm. If it's a county country, I I would argue there's probably more if you looked at the counties in Oregon, more of them are red than blue, right? In total. Oh yeah, way more. Yeah, it's it's essentially, you know, you got your your upper left-hand corner of the state, so Portland, basically from Portland west uh, and then a few hundred miles, you know, down south, or maybe 100, 150 miles down south, like that upper left-hand corner of Oregon is blue. Everything else is red. But just because the way the populations go, those, you know, a couple big cities make a, you know, whatever they, they decide is, is what happens. It's, it's definitely unfortunate. But yeah, I agree. I think the Electoral College is a good thing. Uh, yeah, I understand the, it. The mail-in ballot thing, that's, that's kind of interesting. That, that's been kind of, and I, I'll, I'll plead ignorant, man. I, I don't really have enough to say anything to any of that, I know, you know, there's some movies out there about, you know, some some box stuffing. I haven't seen any of those, but I, you know, like I, I did the mail-in ballot because I'm like, well, that's easy. I don't have to fucking take the day off work and just fucking yoink this thing in the mail. No big deal. But you never know, right? Yeah. You, know what, that, you yeah, never know ex- what happened to it. It's exactly. Know? That's how I feel. I'm not saying like. I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm a conspiracy, I think, or I, I believe in the conspiracy or whatever, but it, it just makes you wonder, like, is it just, is just having everything mail-in available for the last 20 years, is that just making the overall population who's lazy, who probably wouldn't go vote, vote, or is there something else going on? I don't know, but you can definitely see the trend and you look in the history and then, you know, I talk to family members or, you know, coworkers that are older that were around before Oregon switched the system and, uh, you know, we used to, we used to toe the line down the middle of of uh the two parties a lot more than what it is now well and and i think this country used to be better you know when there was a little more partisanship right right Um, no i agree i i definitely don't subscribe to all the shit the right does and i don't obviously don't subscribe to a lot of stuff the left does but you know we 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 tend to discard good ideas because they don't belong to the right political party and it's fucking stupid no i agree it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. It seems like you either have to be one extreme or the other. I definitely fall. I feel like I fall down more in the middle of the lines. Like I don't, I don't describe myself as a hardcore conservative. Uh, I definitely lean a little more in that direction, but there's definitely some ideas that I think get produced by the other side that I, that I like and I can get behind, but that doesn't seem like it's an option anymore. No, you have to, you got to pick one side or you're a cock. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
I'm going to get into my dumb questions. I just really quickly wanted to say I would do an officer of the podcast right now, but I'm pretty sure I don't have one. So uh, I'll do some digging. I might have some deep, deep, deep. But uh, you guys know people doing good work. Make sure you're nominating them so I can send them a very finely made patch by Ghost Patch. Big thanks to Ghost Patch for making patches. And they're huge in my world. They uh, they make some fucking amazing stuff that we partnered in. So make sure you go check out Ghost Patch. Before we get into the dumb questions, one of the first messages you sent me, you had mentioned a that you were a nerd and you like star wars you mentioned some other stuff i don't really know that stuff we're going to talk about that i'm not going to put this in the description because people don't get a little weird about the nerdy podcast we're not going to go down the rabbit hole too far but i want to know have you watched ahsoka i have not oh my god all right what about are are you like a car have you seen the cartoons like rebels and clone wars and stuff yeah yeah I've, uh, I've watched it. Um, the Ahsoka, I haven't seen it, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just time, man. Ever since uh, all the COVID stuff went away, I feel like I'm, I'm having to actually work more. Dude, I watch so much TV uh, during COVID time. Oh, yeah. So much. Got caught up on a lot of shows. Hi- all right. Well, then our Star Wars conversation is going to end there, but I would, I would highly recommend... You know, I feel bad because, you know, we, we started the podcast early. You know, you're on your day off. You could be watching Ahsoka right now. And here we are talking about auto unions that both of us know nothing about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no you go ahead. No, you, you first. I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. All right. On that note, um, you ready for some of my dumb questions? Sure. Shoot. Okay. So... Weed is legal in Oregon, right? Yep. Do you think it should be legal? Are you good with marijuana being legal? Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Um, I think I've originally I was against it, and now I just I don't care. I, I've got some friends that are not cops that that do the whole edible thing and stuff, and uh, they I you know I see the arguments of well, if you're gonna you know pound a couple things of whiskey. Or, you know, a couple glasses of whiskey when you get home. What's the difference between that and like taking an edible or something? So I don't, I don't have an issue with it. You know what? That that reminds me. I, I had to ask because uh, something else you'd put in one of those original messages is that you had an unpopular opinion on alcohol. What is that? Oh, uh, dude, I, I, it, it, lots changed. I mean, we started talking like what a year and a half ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So a lot's changed. I'm, I'm kind of back into my my uh, bourbon drinking days but uh for a while man i was i was going down the seltzer train i was big what into the seltzers bitch. yeah it, dude i and then wine i got really big into drinking wine too like didn't matter if it was in a bottle a can you name it. it it was uh people always made fun of me for it but you know i like a good wine i can respect it doesn't matter if it comes in a can or if it comes in a bottle or a, or in a box yeah I don't know why I'm pushing my soundboard so hard, but the button's not playing. I might have to do it for my by myself. Uh, I, I just heard it like four times. Why? So you're hearing it. Why am I not hearing it? I don't know. So you heard me. What the hell? You hear this? Yeah, yeah I, I hear it. What is, this happened like another podcast where I wasn't hearing the sounds. Now I'm not, what, what in Tarnation? That's odd. Hmm. 
Portland, Maine. It is Portland, Maine. I want to hear the noise. Now, <laughs> that's so funny. I played Hage like 800 times. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, hear it. It, it played through a few times. It played through a few times. Really? That's yeah. weird. I wonder what I did. It is very poorly made. Okay. So back on the weed thing. Um, wait, hold on. Let me let me try this. Are you hearing sexy sax mm-hmm. right now? Yep. What is I wonder if it's gonna come through on the recording? Boy. You hear that? That escalated mm-hmm. quickly. What I mean that really got out of hand fast. I gotta know. A little bit of anchor man, nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I have no idea what I did. It's okay. This is fine. It's all. Oh, now I'm even hear you. My podcast is poorly made. What about now? Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. No, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Hello? Okay. I'm here. I'm just, I'm fucking with things because I want to hear my damn sounds. Angering me. Okay. Well, I'm just going to assume they play as I push them. Okay. Uh, so weed, do you think cops should be able to do the marijuana? I don't know. I've never partake, uh, partook in that stuff. So even growing up, it was never my thing. I never was even curious about it. So if it was legal for, uh, or available for us, I, I don't know if I'd try it. Yeah. Drugs cool. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I guess I don't see a reason why they couldn't do it if they wanted. Uh, I know there's some studies out there that talk about like the impairment from from marijuana can last up to like 24 hours or something. So I, I could see that being an issue. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I don't really have a, uh, an opinion on whether or not they should be able to or not be able to. Uh, would you do it again? Would you become a cop all over again? Or would you have gone down a different path? I don't know. You, I mean... You don't know what you don't know. And I don't know if I could go back. I don't know if I would do it again. I, I, the jobs have been pretty rewarding. Um, you know, I get very fairly compensated, uh, you know, for the work that we do. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know if I would do it again in Oregon. It's, it's definitely caused a lot of issues of like, you know, balance at home and everything else for like, you know, we talked about where everybody's happy at home. I'm supporting my family. Um, I'm able to go do all the fun stuff that I want to do. If I can take, you know, vacations, whenever I want to take vacations, that kind of stuff. Uh, but is it really worth being angry at the world when I'm at work? I don't know. That is a, uh, that's a deep philosophical question. Yeah. I'm sure some of it's, you know, because I'm at that age, or I'm at that uh, that point in my career where there's a bit of burnout. Um, I like what I do. I still like still like the job. Um, I just don't know if I'd do it again. Be kind of like one of those one of those things where if someone offered me an out. I'd probably that was similar to what I'm doing now. I'd probably take it. What are you gonna do when you retire? I don't know. Plans. No, I definitely am not going to be one of those guys that, you know, go work security in a courthouse or, you know, what still puts on a vest to go do something. I'm once, uh, once that day comes, man, I'm punching out and I'll, I'll go be a Walmart door greeter or, uh, go, uh, 
you know, mow the grass at the local schools, something like that. Uh, definitely not going to do anything law enforcement related. You like mowing grass, huh? It is. I, it is I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. But yeah, just something about driving around, you know, driving around on a tractor and, you know, mowing a huge chunk of grass and seeing the uh, instant gratification. There's nothing wrong with that. It feels good, man. It feels good. It does. Well, what is the stupidest thing you ever did as a rookie? Oh, dude. I made a lot of mistakes as a rookie. Um, what did... Oh, you put me on the spot. And I I was trying to prepare for this this question, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I pass. Can we come back to pa- that one? Pass? I've never had I, oh, man. pass before. I, I don't... I, guess I mean, I did all sorts of dumb stuff. I crashed cars. I, uh, you know... I, I felt guilty of, you know, leaving my back when I had the uh, crown Victoria of, uh, you know, putting my, my gun and stuff on the, the spare tire in the trunk and then forgetting to grab that after I left the jail and doing traffic stops and being like, oh, cool. I don't have a gun. You know, I've done stuff. I've done all that stuff. I all think, the uh, I've done all the things. Leaving the clipboard on top of your fucking car on the roof of your car and driving off. Just to have it fall like in the middle of a busy intersection. Yeah. You name it. I've probably done it. I believe in you. Do you got a dildo story? I mean, not <laughs> at home, but like on the job. We don't need to hear about what happens <clears throat> in your house. Uh, let's just say that one of the my favorite things to do when we're doing stuff like serving search warrants is to find all the sex toys and pile them up in the middle of the living room. It's uh, for evidentiary uh, purposes. You got to, well, first of all, you got to keep your evidence separate from everything else. And where is the best place to put unrelated material than in a, you know, a, a giant open space where you can declare it being the area of non, uh, you know, unrelated material. It's not my fault. And I don't judge. I got no judgment. People, people can be into whatever they want. I have the, uh, I have taken, you know, the occasional like burglary, uh, and, you know, people forget to put away their sex toys, and you walk in, and they're like, "Oh, that's not mine. That's my mom. That's my mom's." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Sure, it is." That's happened a few times. The next question I have for you. Sorry, my my world is falling apart. I just want to let you know the soundboard thing is really ruining my life. What's your best dead guy? Oh, call? man. My best dead guy call. I have been to a lot of dead bodies. Um, my best one, as in like the grossest? Yeah. whatever. Well, whatever you think, it, like the funniest, the grossest, whatever. The, your favorite dead guy story. My favorite. Well, I went to uh, back when I was in uh, field training. I went to a dead guy that hadn't been seen in like six weeks. And uh, it got called in by the uh, it got called in by the uh, the mailman because he was dropping off you know packages of frozen you know steaks and they were never getting picked up they were just like rotting on the front porch so it had all the start of being a, a really good dead dead guy and so like we, we pull up it was in this community which blows my mind. Because 
we pull up to this house in this neighborhood and you get out and the place stinks. Like it's all, you can already smell dead guy from out. You're like basically the moment you step out of your car, the neighbor, that asshole comes out and is says, Oh yeah, I haven't heard from so-and-so and, and, you know, probably a couple of weeks and I've been smelling this foul. Yeah. I've been smelling this foul smell uh, for, you know, the last couple of days, but I, I wanted to wait till Monday to call the police. And I'm like, first of all, you're an asshole. But uh, yeah, so we go, we end up, you know, busting down the door and we find the guy. He's he's become one with the, the uh, living or not the living room floor, the bedroom floor. Um, but he had the largest collection of porn that I've ever seen in my life. Really? It, I was so impressed that uh, like I had to make sure that when I took my photographs that I that I documented the house properly to show that, you know, obviously there wasn't a murder and there wasn't like a robbery or burglary, but this guy, every room from freaking floor to ceiling, just stacks of porn. And, uh, it always made me laugh. And then, uh, uh, my favorite part was, uh, I was wearing a respirator mask because my, my FTO was very kind to me. And, uh, I was standing outside talking to the neighbors and he came running out gagging and the neighbors asked him if if they're you know if this guy was all right and as he's puking he's saying no so that was pretty funny um yeah that's probably my 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 best dead guy story a little i just want i want everybody to know that it's because i'm stupid i found my sounds did you hear that one i did i did did you hear it yeah, I heard it this time, but there used to be a little button on the side where I could like stop the sound, and now that button's gone. So we're falling apart, but it's okay. It's gonna be fine. Gonna make it through. I I probably should just delete <laughs> two minutes of me bitching about it. Um, what is something you wish they told you in the academy, but you learned the hard way out on the street? Uh, something I learned in the academy that I learned, or I wish I learned the academy, learned the hard way in the street. I don't know. I don't have anything specific. Um, so Oregon, we have like a, a centralized academy. Like it's all in uh, the, the state, the capital city of Oregon, Salem. Um, everybody has to go through that academy. Uh, and I just remember being told by... Uh, the coaches in my department to just go there. The place is Narnia shit happens there. That doesn't happen anywhere else in law enforcement. And then just forget about it when you get out of the Academy and we'll teach you how to be a cop. So I don't think there was ever really anything um, that I latched on to. Uh, I uh, even, even I've heard some people talk about like, Oh, you should take care of yourself, stuff like that. They really preach that in our Academy, which I thought was interesting. Uh, that other places didn't do that where they talk a lot about, you know, seeking help and things to avoid if, you know, during critical incidents and stuff like that. So I can't even say like that, I guess the Academy is just the Academy is, you know, four month block of time that I'll never get back in my life. You know, that's such a, a common thing we hear is, Oh, we'll just fucking forget the Academy. We'll teach you how to be a cop on the street. And <laughs> I guess for lack of a better term, like you got to be careful with that because yeah, they're, 
the academy has its issues, but you know who who's who's teaching you to be a cop? Are they a fucking complete retard? Are they are they an idiot? You know, and that that's something we should fix. That is something we should fix. Is you want cops to have better training? All right, well, let's get to a point where the training is good enough where we don't have to say, hey, discard four months of your life. It's problematic. Yeah, and I mean, I see the reason why. Everybody just kind of does, you know, policing a little bit different. I'm sure it was that way in Colorado too. But like a lot of agencies here, like the bigger agencies do pre-academies. And, you know, you kind of... One, it allows them to see if a recruit's actually going to make it to where it'd be worth sending them to the academy. But two, it gets, you know, they kind of get that start to the uh, to the whole thing. Um, in our academy, I remember a lot of the instructors were like kind of your department fuck ups that uh, oh, couldn't good. really be cops anymore. Um, and they were the ones and I'm not saying that they were all that way. There were some good. There were some, you know, really good instructors that worked there. But, uh, you know, a lot of the full time instructors were you know, they all had those reputations of being like, you know, people that were just fuck ups in their, their actual law enforcement career. So what do they do? They go be, you know, cops elsewhere. Um, I think the best instructors we had were the ones that were currently cops, uh, not the ones that, you know, retired 20 years ago and think that this is still the eighties. Um, so it had a lot of issues, I think, but sorry, I digress. No, it's okay. I mean, I just, you know, the thing I, I see what you're that, saying. I totally see what you're saying. The th- the thing that, you know, because ultimately who's who's a, a state run academy, especially who who really pulls the string on that? And that's, you know, legislation, you know, politicians and stuff. They'll never listen to the people going through about like, hey, these are our concerns. Mm-hmm. No, they're just going to push whatever fucking garbage through. Hey. We've already de-escalated. We can't de-escalate any further. You know? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What is the proudest moment of your career? The proudest moment of my career? Um, God, I was trying to prepare for all these questions, but I don't know. Uh, I think it's always like the little wins for me, like the, the little wins that you don't expect that make me like, ah, I'm happy I do this. Uh, I had a, I went through a pretty sour point in, in my, my career just from, you know, being burned out and dealing with the summer love and everything else. And I remember going to work one day and I was just irritated, you know, going from call to call, uh, you know, doing your thing. And I remember going to this call for service where this lady had lost her car. She's kind of like an elderly lady. And I remember being pretty grumpy going to it to go like, basically a sister and i mean the city i was working for uh is a pretty big city like you could park a fucking car anywhere uh specifically in the downtown region like there could be you know dozens of places to park a car who knows and i don't know how i'm gonna assist her but anyway so i uh i checked out with her and she told me like hey i parked this is where i think i parked uh but i can't find my car and nobody else will help me and so she didn't know her license plate or anything like that. So I did some trickery with the, the computer to look up all vehicles registered to her. Uh, I didn't want her riding around in the car with me for a while. Cause if we had a priority call, I was going to have to clear uh, to go help her. But anyway, 
it took me about 30 minutes and I just happened to randomly find her car parked in a park on the edge of our downtown district. Uh, and I, uh, went and I picked her up and I drove her to her car and I let her out and she gave me a big old hug and thanked me for being, you know, nice and actually helping her because nobody else would help her. And that to me made me feel like my interaction with her. I felt like an asshole because the whole time I was pissed off going to the call, but being able to set that aside and, you know, still make this lady seem like her problems, like I was there to fix her problem and just the, how appreciative it was. It, was, it just made me, made me thankful that I, I was still willing to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. I guess that's kind of my proudest, one of my proudest moments. Does that make sense? Dude, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because this, this podcast is in its very poorly made, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going to edit out any of the dumb stuff I said about my soundboard because I'm lazy, but it's kind of interesting that story because it kind of comes full circle to what I was talking about in the beginning. You know, this is not stuff we discussed beforehand or anything about what the job, you know, you sign, you watch cops and you're like, we're going to fuck shit up 24 seven. It's going to be mm -hmm. fucking tits. And then you get dispatched to granny can't find her car. And you're like, I right, sign up for this. Right. Sign up to catch bad guys. And I think we all we all have done this. We kind of get lost in our own self-importance, maybe. Mm -hmm. And do like, yeah, did we sign up to be cops to do that? No. Like if if somebody told me they're like, hey, I became a cop so I can help Granny find her car when she loses it. I probably don't want to go through a door with that guy. Right. But. On the same token, that shit means a lot to people and mm -hmm. if you really believe in being a good person and i don't know if you know whatever people consider themselves christians whatever like that is like the pinnacle of being a good person right is helping somebody out in a world in a world where no one gives a shit about anybody else anymore in a world where we're so fucking obsessed with ourselves and you know we're we're all all of us i i really believe all of us have have felt inconvenienced by another human being dude i've been inconvenienced by my own kids that's how big of a piece of shit i am i've got time think, for you motherfucker i think we've uh, been there yeah i want to <laughs> i i don't want to fucking hear one more goddamn story about fucking Fortnite. but to have that moment where like that was huge for that person to actually fucking connect with a person and fucking help them out I mean, that's that's at the end of the day, like it's kind of why you do the job, right? To fucking help the little guy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And that's something that uh, a senior cop that retired, he always told me, like every interaction you have with somebody that that's what they remember is that one interaction. And that was always something I tried to pass down to my recruits was, hey, like you could go and deal with some of the dumbest shit. And you're going to be irritated the whole way. But when you get there, you got to wipe that off your face. You just got to, you, you know, help them out the best you can. Uh, Cause that's what they'll remember. And uh, yeah, just words to live by, I guess. Yeah. I, I like that. So the next questions I have for you, I, I was kind of thinking about turfing and getting rid of, but I, I realized this podcast is going to come out in October, I think. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask because it's kind of spooky. Do you have any ghost 
stories or alien stories you'd like to share on the podcast? Uh, no alien stories. Uh, I don't necessarily have like a like a real good spooky ghost story, but uh, back when I first started, I was working for uh, a sheriff's office and I was dispatched to go do a uh, death notification. And essentially this guy's brother had died and I think he got hit by a bus in Texas. Ooh. If I remember right. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so I get dispatched to the, to go do this uh, death notification and the house was like way out in the rural part of the County. And uh, I remember the house, it was on this road, uh, no street lights, like any other County road, no street lights. It's kind of by itself. It's up on this hill in this giant like Oak Grove. And uh I pull up to the gate and the gate, there's a, a gate that's closed. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh shit, I don't have a gate code. And uh, before I could even think about doing anything else, I was reaching for my radio uh, to see if we had uh, any location history and the gate just swung open. And I was like, oh, that was cool. Um, I didn't touch the mic because that was something I went back. It, like The whole thing that happened just kind of blew my mind. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't touch the mic. I wasn't dicking with my computer. Uh, I just kind of pulled up. I saw the gate code. There was no keypad. So I just assumed like, I don't know how I'm going to get up here. And it just magically opened up by itself. So anyway, I drive to the top of this driveway and I contact the family and, uh, they were completely surprised to see me standing there. And, you know, I break the news of what happened and, and, uh, I break the news of what happened and, uh, the family, you know, kind of does their breakdown thing and, um as i'm getting ready to walk out the door the guy turns to me he goes hey how did you get in here and i was like what do you mean he said how did you open the gate i was like i didn't open the gate i thought you guys opened the gate and they're like no we didn't even know you're up here that's why we were surprised to see you and that kind of like sent a chill down my spine like how did this fucking gate open but uh, that's that's all i really got it was just kind of so weird spooky that is it was weird, weird man yeah i went i literally went back the next day because i was like maybe i touched my touched my radio mic uh, I don't know how it was in in Colorado, but um, a lot of our gates, like we can switch to like a an analog channel with our uh, radios, and whatever reason that the signal from the radio will cause those gates to open, and we use it to oh, get really? into a lot of places. Yeah, it's just like a little tip and trick that you learn from you know the senior guys. No um, shit, no, I've never never even heard of that. Now I'm angry for not knowing that. I don't. It, it doesn't I work on all of them, had but digital they're... though, so. Yeah, we had uh, we had di- digital and analog. We primarily use digital, um, obviously, because it's better. But every once in a while, you know, that system would get screwed up, or you'd find yourself in a place where you don't have digital, so you have to switch to the analog um, yeah, channels. But uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like a tip and trick that I got taught when I was younger, or when I was a, a baby cop, and uh, maybe that's something I should have learned in the academy that I learned on the street. But um, yeah, it, it doesn't work on all of them, but like there's a lot of gated communities you can pull up and you can switch it to a certain channel and hit it. And if it, you know, a lot of times it'll open. That's interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I got to a point where I just got so fucking tired of the gated communities. We didn't have many, but there was one. I was just like, can never fucking get in the place. And the gate coder was always wrong that we had in the CAD. And it was just beyond yeah. frustrating. Uh, you know, I wanted to touch on like the death notification thing because my department didn't always do it, but then sometimes we had to, you know, sometimes they would send out, you know, like a victim's advocate to come do it or something like that. And I didn't do very many of them, but the, the ones I did, 
those are fucking the worst calls, man. Yeah, because it's suck. usually out of state, and you have no answers for the the people involved, and it's it's bad. I mean, I I remember going to uh, one of my best friends on the department. Um, we were working together, and we got dispatched to it, and we told this guy his his wife of like twenty years was dead. You know, she died in a car accident, like on a girls' weekend out of state, and dude, that. You know, I've been on some fucking shitty things, you know, and seen some shitty things, but just the emotional impact of that. Ooh, man, that was that one's a tough one still, man. I still think about that call like that. Those are fucking hard calls, man. Those that's hard news to break. Yeah, they uh, they're not fun. They're probably one of my least favorite things. And uh, that was one of the things I fucked up when I was a rookie. Uh, I'll go in, if you want to hear that story. I mean, you, you opened yourself up to it. We got to hear. All it. right. All right. Yeah. So I, I laugh about it now. Uh, it was something that, you know, I definitely stepped on my own dick for, but I, it was like an out of state death notification and I had done a couple of them and they were usually like old people, you know, uh, you know, distant family members that die that, you know, they can't find and they just happen, you know, the, the medical examiner's office happens to find a distant relative. And so I'd gone and done a handful of them and I thought I knew everything. And uh, at that point, like, you know, bit cut loose from field training by myself. I'm figuring it out. Uh, nothing else to learn. And I go do this death notification. And I didn't call the agency and get the details of what exactly I was doing and or uh, who exactly I was doing the notification for and what the circumstances were. And I knock on the door and the family opens the door. It's it's the parents. And they're, you know, probably, they're probably close to like my parents' age. Cause I start I got in law enforcement pretty young. Um, and I immediately kind of started setting off alarms in my head. Cause I'm like, oh, this isn't what I expected. And I break the news. Well, the, the person that died was their 18 year old kid. And uh, it was this huge meltdown and I didn't have any answers. And I made an absolute ass of myself. And, uh, it, it kind of hit me hard to the point where I was like, I can never do that again. Um, so that's something I learned was, and maybe that's something that the Academy, I don't think we talk much about death notifications in the Academy, yeah. but you know, that's, that's something I learned from then on out. Yeah. I always called the agency and I got the deets before I, uh, knocked on that door. Cause that sucked to, to break that news and not know anything. And not even having a care or the respect to, you know, figure it all out. I don't know. I was just ill prepared. So something I, I pass on to my rookies then too, but. You know, that's, that's one of the things about this job, man, is, is they can only prepare you for so much. And that's, I had no training on death notifications. None. There's no, there's no training. You just, you just fucking could do it, you know? And mm -hmm. it's, uh. Unfortunately, one of those trial by fire things you kind of figure out. But I, I'm I'm kind of glad you told that story because I think that, you know, for young for young guys and young cops that have, you know, not experienced that stuff, you know, hopefully that that lesson, you know, of your failure. Which I'm sorry, I might turn into a meme when you fuck up a death notification. I'm sure there's no nah, material in that. Yeah, far um, away. Yeah, uh, I always like the like inside the baseball moments of like. Oh, I talked about I, I I hope people enjoy it when I talk about something and then they see it in the pages a couple of days later or before and they're like, oh, that's where you got that idea. Um, but yeah, that's that's something, man. Is and make sure like when you go to those calls, like you're fucking your head's on, 
you know, you, cause you gotta be the shoulder in that one, man. You gotta be prepared to help that family get through that and answer the questions the best you can. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And make sure you have the right person too. I've, I've never happened to me, but I've heard stories oh. of Ooh. breaking the news for, you know, John Smith Jr. When it was actually John Smith, you know, the senior, things like that. Make sure you got the name and date of birth, right? All right. This is a little bit lighter of a topic, but equally important. Good, sir. In your humble opinion, what's the best patrol car of all time? Uh, definitely the Crown Victoria. Beautiful. I'm not going to lie, man. I, uh, I enjoy the turbocharged Ford Explorers. They're fast. They're roomy. Uh, my back isn't as sore as it used to be, you know, crawling out of a Crown Vic, but the Crown Vic, man, that thing was my chariot of fire. I put, I, I took that car more places than I ever should have. Have back pain, be a man. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I had somebody near me message me and say, Hey dude, you know, I'm, I hate to say this, but the turbocharged Explorer is pretty good. It, it's, but then they added it might be better than the Crown Vic, and we're not friends. Uh, anymore. Yeah, fuck that guy. I'll yeah, even fuck, say... Fuck that guy. It was Toby, by the way. Fuck you, Toby. Uh, the, even the hybrid uh, Explorers aren't terrible. Uh, I, I didn't mind driving them, but the turbocharged for Explorer is good. But nothing nothing beats that Crown Vic. Just the wind. Yeah. The wind-up of that engine when you just hammer the gas. The best sound ever is when yeah. somebody got over the radio... And they're like, I'm not in pursuit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. I uh, I always look forward to pit training because, you know, we, all of our pit training is with uh, Crown Vicks. And uh, just hammering the gas on those. I'm just like, oh, man, takes me back to the good old days. Yeah, here's this is really the most important part of the podcast. Uh, no one cares about drugs or auto workers. Um, or death notifications. The people will need to know. They yearn to know. Like children yearn for the minds. I don't understand those memes, but they're funny. Uh, have you ever shit your pants? Have I ever shit my pants? I have not since I was a kid. However, I kind of did a couple okay. of years ago. Okay. So we had gone to a friend. We were camping. And uh, it was me and some good friends, uh, close friends. And we went to another friend's house uh, who happened to live in the area where we were camping. And uh, we had a pretty, pretty greasy dinner. And uh, the next day, I remember laying in my sleeping bag. It was fucking cold. And uh, my stomach was turning. And I'm like, man, just give it like another hour. Just another hour. That's all I want. Let it warm up. And then I'll go outside and, you know, do my business. And I got to a point where like that shit wasn't going to happen. I was sweating. So like I got out and uh, I start hiking out to, uh, to our poop hill. And all of a sudden, dude, I just was like, it's, it's happening now. And I remember dropping my, my uh, pants and my drawers and it was just an explosion and it still splattered all over my pants. So my you pants weren't all pants. the way on. Yeah. You shit your pants. It counts. It, it counts. counts. Um, yeah. On that note, I, I don't know if everybody needs to hear this story, and I may have told this story before, but the best shit that I've ever taken in my life was on a cool fall day 
in the hills in the in the rockiest of rocky mountains and i i'm kind of like you know i i'm a city boy you know i grew up in the city and i i'm not used to shitting outdoors and there was this nice uh toilet that was you know carved out into the mountains and uh it wasn't you know it wasn't a uh outhouse it was just a fucking box with shit on and just in the trees and nature as i took a dump it was just it was the best feeling ever. i i don't know like you know disneyland the first time you go you know child when you're first born you know your first concert shitting in the woods i they're all pretty up there with me mm-hmm. it's it's a out-of-body experience really it, it totally is oh uh uh something i wish the academy would have told me uh always keep uh uh toilet paper in your patrol car especially if you're uh you're a rural cop and there's not a lot of bathrooms lying around because otherwise you might find yourself in a situation where you have to use sanitizing wipes to wipe you know, I, I've heard some stories from the rural guys, and I just gotta say, you know, God bless y'all, because, again, being a city boy, like, I've heard story guys, you know, shitting while holding onto the cattle guard of their their patrol vehicle for leverage. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that happens all throughout the country, and and when you're sleeping at night you know, in the comfort of your bed and being within 15 feet of the toilet, these guys are out here shitting on country roads. And uh, I think you should thank them for their service. (laughs) 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 Oh, 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 God. Uh, On that note, do you got any words of wisdom for the millions and billions and trillions of listeners of this poop cast? Yeah. Um, Everything we've already talked about. Uh, keep you should always keep uh toilet paper in your patrol car never know absolutely well that brings us to the conclusion of this very poorly made podcast very poorly made we're on top notch poor made uh dude thanks again for finding the time man i i appreciate it we uh i thought we had a really good discussion on a lot of stuff and um i appreciate your salty viewpoints of oregon in yeah. encouraging me not to visit yeah, uh, you're you're very welcome. Sorry, it was a little doom and gloom. That's, okay. uh, that's just just kind of how it is. Just kind of how it is. What's what's interesting is sometimes I wonder, like, people talk about you know how law enforcement changes, uh, you know, one way or the other, and the pendulum always swings. But I remember being like, you know, a young dumb cop, and and people always talking about you know the good old days. And I see these new recruits that come out and they, you know, young and dumb and, you know, high, high prey drive wanting to go out and catch bad guys. I always wonder, like, is thing is their mindset going to change? Because, you know, mine wouldn't have if someone said, like, hey, this is not the era to be a police officer. I probably still would have done it. I don't know. Time's going to have to tell on that. Yeah, you it'll know, be interesting. I, I, I definitely kind of believe that, you know, guys in the 50s, you know, when they started, the guys from the 30s and 40s were like, ah, you can't do shit anymore. And then, you know, it's the decades work itself out. The guys in the 80s starting out, the guys in the 60s and 70s are like, ah, we can't fucking do dick anymore. And now here we are in the in the 20s. Oh, man, that sounds bad. 
I think the recession's coming. Here we are in the twenties and, you know, starting out, you know, the guys are excited to be there and the rest of the people are like, no, this is fucking stupid. We can't do shit anymore. You should just quit and be a fireman. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that's, that's always existed. Um, and it's, you know, like you look those the classic stories of like, wow, you know, school was so much harder when I was a kid and it was so much harder and everything was harder. Every generation said that. So maybe there's a truth to that. You know, I, I think in my mind that there is an exception and it's way worse now, but I could, who fuck knows? I could be way wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that, go both ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, on that happy, happy note. Guys, uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. Who knows? Maybe this is the one where we get over a million downloads. We're very close. Make sure to tell a friend and a family member. Make sure you're supporting all those fine sponsors. You guys have heard we got a couple new ones. Make sure you're showing them some love. Remember, I don't fucking sign up to fucking have these anybody sponsor the podcast. They're law enforcement, first responder-owned businesses. Uh, I don't want money from companies that would like to see us defunded. So uh, make sure you guys are supporting them and uh, helping keep this thing afloat. With that said, remember, even if you're not a rule cop, but especially if you're a rule cop, make sure that you have underwear in your car. Not underwear. Well, that could be good too, I suppose. Toilet paper. And um, I, I, I almost forgot... Don't forget this either. Bukaki semen did her in the ass. And I love most of you. Bye bye. <laughs>